some slight clarity on the quarterback rotation and a relatively clean injury report for the Tigers as well. So let's talk about it all on this Football Eve edition of Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. And boy, yes, indeed, it is finally football eve here in Columbia. I couldn't be more excited to be here. Couldn't be more excited to have all of you here on the podcast. And just at the start here, if you're if you're new to the show, welcome. If you're an everydayer, great to have you back as always. And just just a brag on this show, just a little bit here. To my knowledge, this is the only five day a week Missouri sports podcast on the market. And more importantly than that. I'm name me somebody else who's who's going to take his time to film his own all 22 coaches footage break down every snap these quarterbacks take here the first couple weeks and everything else from the Mizzou home games this season I got to tell you I love getting down into the nitty-gritty and the details of all of all these of all this Mizzou football stuff so I'm just really excited to have actual football to talk about. And I'm also excited to talk about a, a relatively clean injury report for the Tigers. Obviously, Missouri going to need every man it can get this season to get what they can out of this roster. So anytime there is a significant injury, you don't want to see it. We already covered Chad Bailey a little bit here. He's going to be out about three weeks reportedly. And here's the thing with Chad. We got a little bit of clarity that it was a core muscle injury Eli Drinkwitz said just yesterday, so not really much to add there with Chad Bailey, but J.C. Carlisle, Missouri's starting free safety, sounds like there's a decent chance he'll be out of this ball game too. He's listed as questionable if he doesn't start. Sounds like Florida transfer Trevez Johnson would get the nod, though I think true freshman Marvin Burks, I would expect to play a lot of significant snaps especially against a South Dakota squad that, again, I, I don't think is going to have much of a chance of being competitive in this ball game. Now, also, Peanut Houston, the transfer wide receiver, going to sit this one out, along with Vince Polgar, the center, former Buffalo player who's yet to actually suit up in a, or at least play a snap for Missouri in his young career. Also, Michael Cox, the running back listed as out. You may remember Cox, the walk-on power running back, maybe short yardage running back. Seemed like he had a bit of a moment in 2021, but since then has never really gotten any significant action and that I don't really expect him to this year either. So you may remember I, I did a list of the top 10 most irreplaceable players on the Missouri roster, and neither J.C. Carlisle nor Chad Bailey made that list. And that's not meant to be an insult to those guys whatsoever. In fact, a lot of that has to do with the depth that Missouri has at safety. I already mentioned Marvin Burks, Trevez Johnson as well. I think considering how Missouri has talked up Sidney Williams as a player, he could even take some snaps at that free safety position at times 
as well. And just by the nature of defense, well, at times you're going to have to be deep into coverage when maybe you didn't expect it. So Williams sounds like a guy who can maybe be a Swiss Army knife and fit into that J.C. Carlisle role at times as well. So to me, not a huge – any reason to really panic here. I've said before, I think Damian Wilson – subbed in pretty well in the Georgia game last year for Chad Bailey. So overall, I think Missouri should be just fine. Obviously, there's a whole bunch of other places like, say, if Javon Foster, the left tackle, or Luther Burden at receiver, somebody like that gets injured. Obviously, one of the corners, Ennis Rakestraw, Chris Abrams-Drain. Well, those are really, really big reasons to be worried. But to me, Bailey, Carlisle, especially you know, obviously this early in the season, you'd love to have both guys back next week against Middle Tennessee, week three against Kansas State, obviously, to say the least. But overall, I think, you know, football, you're inevitably going to have injuries. So this is about as good of an injury report in week one as you could have hoped for coming out of fall camp. And on the quarterback position yesterday, Eli Drinkwitz gave Missouri fans some insight on the position, I thought, without getting too terribly specific, he he did tell us, well, specifically that it's not going to be a, a situation where the quarterback is alternating. It's not going to be, well, there's going to be one series for Cook, then for Horn, alternate series, certainly not alternating snaps, anything like that. So what that tells me is I think Probably you'll see Brady Cook start the game, get at least the first two series, if not the entire first quarter, I would imagine. Then Horn gets the second quarter, perhaps then a split in the third before maybe, hopefully, Missouri is blowing this game so wide open that even Jake Garcia can get a little bit of action, as Eli Drinkwitz hinted at as well, saying that, hey, perhaps even three quarterbacks will play. I've got to assume that that's Garcia at this point, but hey, who the heck knows? We'll just see what happens. And by the way, that got me to thinking, of course, Brady Cook started this past season. Connor Bazelak in 2021 was the Missouri starter, but you might even forget going back to 2020 that it was Sean Robinson who started for Missouri in that opening game against Alabama, the all-SEC schedule during the pandemic season, my goodness, does that almost feel like a lot longer than three years ago considering all that's happened since then, not only in college football, in the world in general. Just kind of a just a random thought there from yours truly. But back to this ball game, I really am sticking with the idea that Missouri absolutely rolls in this football game. I even I even think my 55 to 10 prediction, I almost think giving South Dakota 10 points might be a little bit too high. Now that I've read up a little bit more on South Dakota, they have a new coach coming in trying to reimagine their offense for lack of a better term. Basically, they were horrendous last season running an I formation heavy install from 1996 in 2022 it sounds like so considering they've recruited the wrong guys to play their new style it sounds like probably quite a bit not only is South Dakota not traditionally very good it sounds like their expectations are really really low again they got no votes whatsoever in the FCS poll which is always a sign of a huge blowout from my experience 
But also, this is a massive transition year for this team as well. I'd say more than likely it's going to get ugly very quickly tomorrow. And honestly, if it doesn't, if this team hangs around for into the second quarter, that's a really bad sign for the Tigers, and I'll probably be taking the odds of an 8-4 and four season that I predicted, taking those odds down quite a bit. We should absolutely hope that this is an utterly, utterly boring game from a drama perspective. So just get excited for tailgating and possibly some boring football tomorrow. But either way, I'm going to have all the all the snaps broken down by both quarterbacks and everything you could possibly want here on Locked on Mizzou. And as a season ticket holder, I'm definitely excited to see all of the changes that have come this season to Faroe Field, both somewhat major and relatively minor, but I think Desiree Reed-Francois, as I've said a million times, is just doing a great job so far with just the fan experience side of everything when it comes to Missouri sports. Well, she recently talked in the Columbia Daily, Daily Tribune about ideas for a future north end zone complex. Well, that would certainly be a major, major idea. And until recently... By the way, I'm going to bring this all together here coming up, but it really seemed like the SEC move for Missouri was a lifer. In other words, this was going to outlive me. Well, now I have to wonder, considering everything that's happened over the last few months and years, I don't know that you can guarantee anything anymore. So I want to tell you about what all this has to do with the future of a North End Zone complex coming up. But first, hey, if you're looking for tickets to the game tomorrow, you're looking for last-minute tickets, I got the perfect app for you. It's called Game Time because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. In fact, Game Time makes it easy as pie. Just download the Game Time app, open it up, let them, let them use your location, and instantly you'll open up the app as I am right now and find last call deals on the St. Louis Cardinals tonight for as low as $6 for all-in pricing. That includes fees, by the way. St. Louis City, City Soccer as well, and, of course, Mizzou Football. We want to look at the South Dakota game tomorrow. You can get in for as cheap as $9 all-in. Of course, there's other t- many, many other options in the $20 and $30 range. Again, these are this is all-in pricing. Just click that option at the top of your screen so you won't get any sticker shock at checkout. Again, just download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On College for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
College football season is here, and this season Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College College Football Kickoff live each Friday. Locked On will go live from 10 a.m. to noon Central Time on every Locked On College YouTube channel. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On college, college hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday from, again, 10 a.m. to noon on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. And, again, until recently, my assumption, I think the all the conventional wisdom has basically been that when Missouri entered the SEC all the way back in 2012, that that was a lifetime type of move. As long as college football remained around in its current form, well, Missouri was going to be a part of that conference. Now I got to say, I wonder a little bit, just a little bit. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anything wild is going to happen tomorrow. Certainly the Southeastern Conference isn't going anywhere by any stretch of the imagination. But considering all the insanity we've seen over the last few months, certainly the last couple years to really the last 10 years or so going all the way back to Missouri leaving, Colorado leaving and coming back, Nebraska leaving, and all that good stuff. Who can really rule out the idea that maybe all these giant, the biggest programs in the entire country, whether they come from the SEC, the Big 12, the Big 10, the Big 12, they all get together and say, hey, why don't we just form a super league? Sort of like if you're a soccer fan, like the English Premier League did 30 years ago or so. They just, hey, we're tired of giving these crappy teams like Vanderbilt a cut of the pie. Why, why should we do that when we can get better matchups, higher ratings, and get that casual fan? This is something Ryan Rossillo just talked about on his podcast recently. Well, my, my point is... While, again, the conventional wisdom made a lot of sense all the way back to the the current formation of the Southeastern Conference, well, back to the 1930s, there's never been a team that, that has been kicked out of the conference. Tulane, Georgia Tech, and the University of the South, well, they all left voluntarily because, frankly, they couldn't compete in the conference. Well, if Vanderbilt wants to leave on its own accord, I, I certainly don't see the SEC starting another civil war to stop that from happening. But what I could see happening is all of the idea of conferences all together sort of going under. We saw this with Oklahoma and Texas. For the, you know, they were the big cash cows of the Big 12, obviously. And they were perfectly content to remain in that conference as long as it was profitable for them to do so, as long as they were able to have a bigger piece of the pie than the rest of their conference mates. But once it became clear that they could get an equal but yet bigger piece of the pie in the SEC, well, all this talk of loyalty to the conference and, well, we're not, we're not going to leave Oklahoma State behind and all that nonsense, well, that was just all shot right out the window. Right. So the, uh, again, 
let's say, again, I, I'm picking 32 teams because it's a nice round number for bracketing purposes. Also happens to be the amount of NFL teams that there are. And this would really feel like a minor league version of the NFL. If you just took the top 32 programs in the country, broke them off to form their own league. Well, the reality is, is Vanderbilt, are they, are they, <laughs> is, is the SEC's loyalty in general to one of its original members in the Vanderbilt Commodores, is that going to stop if that's what the, if that's what Disney wants, if that's what Amazon or Apple wants, if that's what all of these they're seeing these athletic programs are seeing two hundred million dollars or something dangled in front of them every year. Do you think Vanderbilt is going to stop that from happening? I think not. Right? I think we can all do that math. So with that idea, well, what does that that means? Missouri potentially wouldn't be stopping those kind of deals either. Because are we in the top 32 of programs in the country? I think 10 years ago, we probably would have been. Right now, probably not. We're on the borderline, maybe after a big season here, maybe after we, we have williams Winery and Ryan Wingo and a couple more five-star type recruiting classes in the fold, then maybe we can get back there. But I'm just saying, not a prediction at all, just an acknowledgement of where Missouri stands on the pecking order right now. The bottom line is, frankly, I hate all of this. I wish we could kind of go back to where it was, you know, when I was a teenager, essentially, right? Really convenient that everything seems better when everybody was a kid. I'm not saying everything was better in the 1990s. I just think the structure of conferences, regional rivalries, all of that was better, certainly. So with all that being said, I think there is a real risk to what Missouri is planning on doing. If, if they're really talking about spending a ton of money, and it would be a lot of money. This is an from what I'm from what I'm hearing, this is a very ambitious plan by Desiree Reed Francois and her administration. So if they're gonna go forward with this, they better be really certain that they're gonna be in that top thirty two. For, for all intents and purposes, not literally a top 32, but I think what she's trying to do is make sure that Missouri is a part of that, but there is a risk there. And I want to explain what that risk is coming up after these quick words. So here's the thing. If you're going to try to recreate ballpark village in St. Louis behind Bush stadium, essentially Infero Field in the north end zone complex. That seems like more or less what Desiree Reed Francois was hinting at a month or so ago. Here's the problem with that, though. I just think that the days of spending tons of money on facilities, for example, are coming to an end. I really do. Because of name, image, and likeness, Guess what? As a fan, what should I spend my money on? Would I rather my money go to some shiny new press box or something or a new weight room or a new practice facility? Maybe a practice facility makes some sense. But a lot of this stuff at a certain point is just glitz and glamour that's trying to attract recruits. But at this point, again, in the, in the world of name, image, and likeness, don't players care more about that? than how fancy their locker room is, for example. At some point, there has to be direct money. There has to be at least indirect money, I should say, 
that players get from these TV contracts. Because right now, this idea of, oh, let's just let the fans pay the players on top of paying for tickets. I'm sorry, what other business works this way? As a consumer, I pay for a product. In this case, I'm paying for tickets, right? Opportunities to go to the game. I'm also paying for, say, my my cable package, my streaming package, whatever it is, in order to watch these Missouri games as well. Well, why do I have to also, on top of that, pay the workers, pay the players? I'm, I'm not talking about tips here, giving them like, oh, thanks for the beer, here's an extra buck or two, something like that. No, I'm talking. They're asking for tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Some rumored to be millions in certain cases, in very rare cases. So, and that—that's the thing about this. This isn't a free market, at least not purely. It's certainly a mixed market. Sure, yes, the people can decide how much they want to bid out for certain players. That part of it is free, but the part of it that makes it mixed is that again, the actual. What should be ostensibly the employers of these players, the universities themselves, the athletic departments that are getting these millions and millions and millions of dollars, and not just ticket revenue, but TV revenue is the big thing, obviously, at this point in the sports history. Again, at a certain point, they've got to get some of that money or just none of this makes any sense. Why, why, as a consumer, we're going to get tired of having to pay the employees on top of our season tickets. I just don't see how any of this is sustainable. So again, I just think this may be the wrong time to pour a bunch of money into some North End Zone complex. Now, listen, again, I think Desiree Reed Francois is a very smart person. She certainly has way, way, way more details and knowledge about all the different ins and outs of this project. But when I see Southern Methodists, when I see SMU reportedly willing to join the Atlantic Coast Conference for seven years without even taking any money, that's a really interesting strategy because they're basically just saying, hey, we want to get in the game. And if we've got NIL, by the way, well, our boosters can can pay the players or whatever. We, to me, that's them signaling that, hey, our, our facilities are good enough. We're not going to be spending any more money on that stuff. So who cares? We'll chance it for seven years. It'll put us a little bit behind the eight ball versus our peers, in theory, in the ACC. But it's not going to hurt NIL, right? It's just going to hurt the money coming into the athletic department, which they all spend on nonsense anyway. They don't spend it on the players Anyway, so to me, what SC, what SMU is actually proposing here, I think is an incredibly bold strategy that in the long run, I could see paying off for them. But again, if in seven years there's a, there's a football super league, I don't think they're going to make that either. But if you're SMU, if you're Vanderbilt, and to a lesser extent, if you're Missouri, you do have to make some bold moves here to try to remain as high in the pecking order as you can get because however this shakes out at the end of the day you just want to have a, ch- a chair to sit on when musical chairs and the music stops but hey you know what i hate to say it the music has stopped here on this preseason edition of locked on mizzou i suppose i'll have one more for you tomorrow before the game 
you know what? I, I got to be honest. I'm debating. Should I put one out Thursday or just wait until a Friday, Saturday show? I imagine we'll have one Thursday here for you. But I got I to gotta admit, I'm at least banding that idea about here with this special Thursday game. I'm feeling a lot of you are going to be tailgating and having a good time instead of sitting inside and listening to the dulcet tones of Locked on Mizzou. But regardless, for all you everydayers, thanks for coming as always. For all you newbies, thanks for joining us again. Going to have, this is the only five-day-a-week Mizzou podcast on the market. Can't wait to get started with real football coming up right here. I'm Locked on Mizzou.